Welcome back to the Draft Nut Podcast. It is part two of the Draft Nut Podcast mock draft. It's Jared Feinberg and Devin Jackson here to give you part two of this mock draft, pick 17 through 32. Devin, let, let's kind of review um, the last 16 picks. You know, number one overall in the being Kayvon Thibodeau, Kyle Hamilton, um, the consensus number one prospect in this draft class went number three overall. The first quarterback went off the board at six overall with the Carolina Panthers. They took Malik. We had them taking Malik Willis. Um, Trayvon Walker went to the Atlanta Falcons at eight overall. Derek Stingley to the Seahawks at ninth overall. A um, couple other um, names here. Andrew Booth to the Vikings at 12. Jordan Davis to the to the Ravens at 14 and then with the Eagles and their back-to-back picks with pick 15 and 16, they took Drake London or we have them taking Drake London and Kenyon green. So Devin, how do you think of this mock draft so far? Yeah, it's definitely fallen uh, in a way that, uh, you know, it, it wasn't always as advantageous for some teams. So, like, teams in the teens, it's going to be a little bit harder for the pick for them because a lot of these top players are off the board. Um, but but I think, you know, uh, for me right now, I think the Falcons pick with Trayvon Walker is probably the best value uh, so far in the first round just because he's a player that, most people would, I would probably assume they probably has them, have them graded anywhere from uh, as a top five player in this class to a uh, potential second rounder. So he's all over the board uh, amongst, uh, you know, Twitter, but NFL teams are also split on him. So it, we'll see if he actually ends up falling to eight. I mean, it could happen. I, I think, you know, they're, he's a clear run defender right now with, with high upside pass rush ability that hasn't been untapped yet, but, I mean, for the Falcons to get him at eight, I think that I think that's tremendous value for them because you don't get Hamilton, you don't get a receiver because Trayvon Walker is still on the board. So I think the the way this board has fallen, I think there, there's going to be some clear winners. I think when, once it's all said and done, we finish this mock. But I also think you know some other teams got what they needed, and and definitely with Trayvon Walker fitting the need, I think is is pretty obvious. I, I like the Giants' hall too. You get an immediate starter who has experience at right tackle can move in the right tackle. The Giants seem pretty content with Andrew Thomas, who they took a couple years ago. So that that's a clear upgrade. Plus they get sauce Gardner. So that, that makes sense for them. I mean, the, the Jets get who they want to, you know, got, uh, I can McQuanu. They can play him at guard while they wait for Makai Beckton and see what he has or allow him to challenge for that left tackle position as well. And then, uh, they also get Gary Wilson, a clear playmaker for for Zach Wilson. So you see a lot of value here, um, and what, what they were able to do, and and you know the the only reach really so far is me taking Andrew Booth with the Vikings, and that's just because I I just think they need a corner. You know they have Pat P in the building. And I think it's a perfect mentorship uh, opportunity as well for for Booth to to learn under Pat P, who just recently resigned. Uh, you, you kind of allow him to continue uh, growing his ability as a man corner and and, and just go from there. So I, I think so far that most of these picks are, are fitting a need, and, and I think these teams will be happy about the outcome. I want to talk about Trayvon Walker real quick, or I, I just kind of want to discuss him real fast before we get started. 
Um, I tweeted out earlier today that um, like um, that Walker kind of reminds me of Uter Gross Mottos coming out of Penn State. You know, he's not you know he's not as athletic as Trayvon Walker is coming out. Um, Walker just has absurd athleticism, um, great size, power, um, length, incredible explosiveness off the line of scrimmage, but with the two with Gross Matos and Trayvon Walker, I think the similarities are that both can play different roles and can align in um, diff- can be in different alignments. They can line up at the five tech, three tech if they need to, and be good run defenders. And early on, so far throughout Eater Gross Matos' uh, career in Carolina, he has shown um, he he has developed. Um, over the last couple of years as a pass rusher with uh, growth in his pass rush counters and his pass rush moves, uh, his secondary counters. Um, he, he has shown development and also a little bit at the tail end of this past season, he was able to show a lot of what, a lot of what we were hoping for with gross, gross models coming out of Penn state we're expecting to see him be in that starting role in Carolina this coming season um, with a ton of growth as a pass rusher, but he has also shown to be a great run defender that can line up at the three tech or five tech or even a wide nine. So he, he both Walker and gross models are similar in that nature. I think with, I, I can see the the two, uh, you know, kind of being somewhat similar. Obviously, Carlos Montos ended up being a second round pick. I think he had briefly had some first round buzz or, around him before, uh, you know, he settled in the second round. But yeah, I mean, with, with Trayvon Walker, you, you you're obviously betting on the upside. You're betting that he's going to develop, and uh, we've seen players been be able to do that. Obviously, Brian Burns is the most recent example for the Carolina Panthers, and. Um, you know the, I mean even the the Buffalo Bills have, have kicked the, the the cans on on Ed Oliver as well as uh, AJ Epinesa, so you, you don't have to necessarily have a full pass rush plan to go in the first round or go in the top fifty. It, it's just about wh- whether or not a team is, is going to want you to develop. So, I think for for Walker, it's important that he land in a place where uh, they allow him to do what he does well early on and, and allow him uh, allow that growth to to also develop pass rush plan. All right, Devin. Let's get this mock draft going. So right now the the Los Angeles Chargers are on the clock. We're going to continue with the odds and evens. Um, and on the last episode on part one, I did the odds, Devin did the evens. So we're going to continue that uh, for this part of the mock draft. So let me go ahead and get this mock draft pulled up for the both of us. So here we go. The Chargers are on the clock here at pick 17. Top player available is Charles Cross. And I believe he will be the pick here at uh, at 17th overall. I, I believe Cross falling this far is it's somewhat of a crime. Um, he, he is a terrific um, player in pass protection. Um, he has shown flashes in the run game, and I believe he can be a really good pass protector for Justin Herberts. Um, and he, he's versatile himself. He, he can 
play right tackle. He can play left tackle. Um, and I, I was watching his tape actually earlier today, um, finishing up his eval, and he got a – he ended up finishing with a higher grade than Ikemi Guanu on my board. So I, I was super impressed with this tape. I think he can be a very good starting left or right tackle um, in the NFL. I, I think he, he'll be in. He'll end up being a right tackle um, in LA since Rashawn Slater's starting left tackle. So you get a instant starter at um, at seventeen with Charles Cross. Um, so I, I kind of want to know your thoughts a little bit here on Charles Cross. What do you think of him as a prospect? What do you think of the fit here? I, I think it's a terrific fit for the Chargers. You get a player that's a likely a top 10 player in this draft class, falling your laps to 17. You don't get Jordan Davis, who I know they probably zeroed in on as a uh, potential first-round pick. You don't get Jameson Williams, who could also be another potential first-round pick for them to stretch the field offensively. But – you need to show up that offensive line. You know, that, that's going to be the most important thing, regardless if you garner weapons or not, because this class is deep enough where you can get weapons anywhere in any round. I think it's going to be important for them to, uh, you know, be able to get a offensive lineman like Charles Cross's ability. Uh, and you, you really can move him or Rashawn Slater to the right side, although I'm pretty sure they would prefer to keep Slater on the left side. But Plug and play uh, Charles Cross. I, I know it's going to be a bit of an adjustment period, just like Panay Sewell last year, but I think Charles Cross is a great pick at 17 for the Chargers. We are now at pick 18 with the New Orleans Saints. Devin, it's your team. Take it away. Yeah, so uh, for the Saints, it, it's it's going to be interesting because, uh, you know, obviously they recently signed James Winston. They also – have, um, you know, or brought in Andy Dalton on a short-term deal as well uh, to be the backup. So at least for now, my thinking is that the Saints probably won't go quarterback. So I'm going to eliminate that uh, as a possibility. Um, and I look at this board and and really there's a few names that stand out to me and, and tackles, left tackle specifically is a big need for the Saints now that Teron Armstead is out. So you have Trevor Penning here on the board, um, and, and he could, could be a fit. Uh, and for the interior, I think it's, it's pretty well said that they're they're going to stick with uh, Cesar Ruiz as well as uh, Eric McCoy uh, at, at center, and then Andrews Pete uh, at left guard. So I don't think they're going to get a get a guard here. And um, you know, I, I also look at at safety. I think it's a it's a little too early right now to to take a safety at eighteen. So. I think uh, with, with this pick, this, the Saints always uh, tend to beef up the interior. So I think the Saints go with Trevor Penning here. And you, you get a player you can uh, take some time to, to develop. Uh, you know, obviously the nastiness is, is what you like. I think he brings an immediate upgrade for the Saints uh, to, to the left tackle position because he's his run-blocking run ability is going to be uh, lauded and, uh, you know, he comes in immediately and is able to fit in, but just the way this this mock fell, I, I think the it, it will be wise for the Saints to to take a uh, a tackle here, and, and Penning is right there for the taking. So uh, with Charles Cross at the board, I think Trevor Penning is the next best thing for the Saints. We have the Philadelphia Eagles here with their last first round pick of this mock draft. 
Um, of course, as we mentioned um, at the top of the podcast, um, they took Drake London and Kenyon Green at picks 15 and 16. So the Eagles have options here um, still, and they could always go pass rusher here. Um, they can go with the interior defensive line. Um, they could definitely sh- um, shore up the edge spot. Um, they could maybe get a developmental corner here. Um, and that's sort of where I'm leaning, but um, I, I look at George Karloftis and I'm like, that is such an intriguing pick. Um, Karloftis is a wonderful football player, wonderful pass rusher from Purdue. Um, I know he's got plenty of fans. There are still people out here that will say he is a top 10 player in this draft class, and I wouldn't really – put that against them at all. I think Karloftis is a very talented player. But I'm going to go corner here, and I'm going to go with someone that, you know, we see it in the first round of the NFL draft every year. Someone ends up taking someone we never expected to go in the first round um, or even this early in um, the first round. And I'm going to go with a big reach by developmental corner with supreme athleticism um, and size for the position and incredible relative athletic score um, from the combine. And that's um, Tariq Woolen from UTSA. You know, I, I, I think you have the perfect corner here in Woolen to develop behind Darius Slay um, and to really grow as a player. Like he has, he has the athleticism. He has the size, and he has shown flashes in coverage. I think as he continues to develop, Wollin's going to end up being a key player in that secondary, and he has the potential to be a cornerstone piece in that secondary for the Eagles. So I am going with a massive reach here, um, but it's a pick that you know could come out of nowhere, and I'm going to do that here with Tariq Wollin. Yeah, I think that's an interesting pick. I mean, when when you think about what, um, you know, you just think about how teams have operated over the last couple of years, we've seen teams reach for corners because in this ever-changing uh, landscape of NFL football, you need big, fast, athletic guys to stick with, with dudes on the outside. And, I mean, with the, even within the division, we have obviously the – Washington Commanders taking Jameson Williams in this draft. I mean, you, now they're dealing with potentially Williams. They're dealing with C.D. Lamb. Uh, you know, they're, they're dealing with whoever the Giants are going to bring on board as well, just in the NFC East and, and across the, the NFC. Obviously, Justin Jefferson and, and, and others uh, have dominated in the first couple of seasons. So makes sense. Uh, you know, it, it might be viewed as a bit of a reach because Woolen is that prospect is probably a second or third rounder uh, that, you know, has tools, has uh, size and length, but, but we know how the NFL likes corners of his build. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a first round pick and, and let alone the Eagles are the ones selecting him. They, they definitely need help in, on the back end, especially at corner. It's been a, you know, spot they've ignored. Obviously we know the Eagles don't like drafting linebackers with uh, premium picks either. So it, it makes sense. I, th- I think it's a position of need. Uh, now the Steelers are up here at 20. 
Um, it, it's very clear they want a quarterback to, to come in and develop. Obviously, they're, they've keyed in on Malik Willis, and uh, they, that's who they really want to select. But, you know, Pickett here's, here's on the board. I think he would make sense on, on this team. But this team also needs help in the interior. And when I look at the board, I think Zion Johnson should be the pick here for the I understand Kenny Pickett is on the board. He's a hometown kid, play at Pitt. But Zion Johnson, I, I finished his film the other day and was blown away. He's, he's going to be a top 15 player for me on my board because I think position, uh, you know, versus, or position uh, value aside, I, I think he's one of the best four or five offensive linemen in this class. I think it's Ikem, Evan Neal, Charles Cross. Um, you can make an argument for Tyler Linderbaum ahead of him uh, as well, but I'd be hard-pressed to find uh, four other names that are better than him uh, in this draft class just on a pure offensive line perspective. So I'm going to see those Zion Johnson here. I have the New York – the New nah, the New England Patriots here with the 21st overall pick, and um, I, I – for a couple seasons, for a few seasons now, it seems like they've had a need at the wide receiver position. Um, they could take got they could take someone like Chris Olave or Traylon Burks. Um, they could maybe also take someone like Jahan Dotson here. Um, even though I feel like this would be a little bit too early for Jahan Dotson, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he went um, towards this back end of the first round. Um, but I'm going to go with linebacker here, and I'm going to go with Devin Lloyd out of Utah. Um, he, he's an older prospect. Um, I believe he's going to be like 24 years old um, when he makes his first NFL start or when he ends up playing this coming season during his rookie year. Um, but he is such a great linebacker, um, does a great job filling gaps um, and with his run fits. He has good sideline to sideline range. Um, and has shown some good coverage ability overall. So I like Devin Lloyd here for the Patriots, able to really strengthen their defense overall. And in a deep wide receiver class, um, I think the Patriots could potentially get someone in day two um, with this wide receiver class. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a very uh, top-heavy wide receiver class. And, and honestly – when you look at uh, the receivers on the board right now, it's, it's going to be a bit of a reach. There's no bona fide, can't miss prospects still on the board at receiver right now. So I, I think, well, with the exception of Chris Olave, I, I do think Olave is, is, is a perfect spot here in 22. It's a perfect spot for Chris Olave to land. I think this is an easy slam dunk pick, but you know, obviously Traylon Burst is also on the board, but I think Chris Olave makes sense just from the fact that I, I think they need someone that can do a little bit of everything, create separation, be able to track the ball in the air, um, can use them a little bit all over the field. I think Chris Olave makes sense here uh, at 22 for the Packers. I have the Arizona Cardinals here with the 23rd overall pick. Um, but before I get to that pick, I, I agree with you on Chris Olave here um at 22 um the packers desperately need weapons across the board um they just traded Devonte adams and they need a receiver that can come in and make an immediate impact 
Um, and if it's a, and one of those guys will end up most likely being a rookie. And if it's Chris Olave, that's a slam dunk pick. Like you said, great route runner overall with good ball skills. Um, he, he's, he has the potential to be a very, very good wide receiver um, in the NFL, and especially with Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback um, for his, for the early portion of his career. That's a huge boost for him, and that can really elevate um, his play to a, a to a higher level. Um, let's get to the Cardinals here at 23. I'm going to go with George Karlaftis here. He's been on the board way too long. Um, I actually had Karlaftis going 23 overall um, to the Cardinals in my first mock draft, which came out after the Super Bowl, um, and he goes to Arizona again here at 23. Is it a true scheme fit? Um, I'm not exactly sure. Um, I do believe Karlaftis can play um, from a two- and three-point stance when needed. Um, he could play out of the five-tech. He could play stand-up out, um, out of six. So, I mean, he, he, he is a very talented pass rusher that I think the Cardinals would love to have. Um and it would be a nice successor um, to Chandler Jones at 23 overall, Devin. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you know, I, I think he fits kind of that J.J. Watt mold uh, that you will want to groom him, uh, similar to how J.J. Wise played out his career. Uh, come out as an edge, but can play, uh, you know, five technique, three technique, uh, you know, really play a little bit of everything. And, and Carl Aftis did that at Purdue. You know, it was effective both in the interior and out on the edge. So I think it makes sense. I, I do think the Cardinals probably, in this particular draft, end up dipping into the, the edge class again because you just need a pure pass rusher probably as well uh, to, to team up with Carl Aftis because I do think he's going to be an excellent run defender to start off. But I think he's not going to be a, uh, you know, tennis sack gear guy immediately at the very least and, until he continues to develop his pass rush plan. Uh, but here at 24 at the Cowboys. Um, hey man, you, you gotta, you gotta impress boss man here. You gotta impress Tyler. You gotta do it. You gotta make it. I know. Happy I know. Um, so <laughs> no pressure. Looking, looking at how this bar, <laughs> this board has fallen. There's a couple ways I can go here. Uh, you got Devonte Wyatt, who many believe will go in the top 20, but he's now fallen to, uh, 24 at this point. Uh, you could go with a guy like Tyler Linderbaum, who would fit an outside zone scheme look that the Cowboys do run. Uh, you, you look down further down the list at safety. You got both Lewis Seen and Daxon Hill on the board. But with how stacked the safety is, I do think you can still get one in, in the second round. So I, I don't think safety is going to be the pick here. I'm going to go with Devontae Wyatt. I think he's the best player available right now. Um, this interior offensive line class has some guys on on day two and day three you can you can plug and fill. Um, and, and I just think right now you, you go with the best player available. And Wyatt falling to 24, I think, falls right into the lap and, and uh, you know, it just slammed up pit for the, for the Cowboys. You get an immediate starter who can uh, stuff the run and, and – continue to beef up that interior defensive line. Obviously, you still need to answer questions about the offensive line, but, but I think the Cowboys 
you know, we'll, we'll be happy with that pick if they walk away with a Georgia defender, especially in the interior. We have the Buffalo Bills here at 25. And Devin, I think you made um, our president, uh, Tyler Browning, very happy. Um, Blue Chip Scouting President Tyler Browning. I mean, I, I know Browning's not the president of the United States. You, I don't know how that'd go. Um, <laughs> but uh, we have the Buffalo Bills here at 25. Um, I recently did um, a seven-round mock draft with um, cover one with uh, cover one's Kevin Masaya, um, and he, he talked me through a little bit about the 25th overall pick with the Buffalo Bills. Running back is a serious possibility here at 25, and I, I'm leaning that direction. But looking at the board here um, with Buffalo, you have Trent McDuffie on the board. You have Kier Elam on the board. You can maybe even get an athletic freak like Kyler Gordon, who impressed at his pro day the other day. Um, so there are options here at 25. Um, they could go wide receiver with Jahan Dotson or Traylon Burks. Um, but it, it sounds like the Bills are very entrenched with the running back class this year, and they are not going to be – and it would not it would not be surprising if they took a running back here at 25 with Devin Singletary being a free agent ne- next offseason. Um, it sounds like the Bills aren't really high on Zach Moss as a player. Um, and – it seems like they'll need a starting running back um, for the future. Um, so I, I'm going to go with Brees Hall here at 25. Um, Brees Hall, you know, his draft stock dipped a tiny bit, but it, it does seem like it's starting to pick up throughout this draft cycle as more people have really watched his 2021 tape. Um, I know Mike is a big fan of uh, Brees Hall. I, I believe so. Um, but Brees Hall is a great runner, very patient, good vision, um, good footwork overall. He he is such a smart running back um, at the position. I, I think um, the Bills could definitely take the first running back here at 25. So, Devin, now you have the Titans here at 26. Do they go wide receiver? Do they go linebacker? Do they reach for an offensive tackle? Could a tight end even be picked here? Uh, what do you think you want to do here at 26? 26 here. Uh, let's take a quick look at the linebacker class. I, I have an idea where I want to go because I, I just think you you have to continue to, to add playmakers. Obviously, N'Kobe Dean is there, uh, you know, with for the Titans. But, but I do think he's probably going to be – a late first round, early second round pick, and, and I just don't see the fit necessarily there for uh, Nicobe Ding. So, uh, you know, kind of going back to the main pitch. Also take a quick look at the tackle position just to see who's on the board. I think Bernard Raymond is kind of the next highest rated one uh, that could come off the board. I think it's a little too early for him. So for me, you go to the receiver position, I think you get Traylon Burks. I, I, I think the fall ends here for Traylon Burks. You got A.J. Brown and Traylon Burks on the same team. And and I know you, you're probably hoping that he will fall to the Bucks or, or a later pick, but I just I, – I am I have reason to believe that if, if Burks is somehow there at 26, and, and I'm surprised he even made it this far in, in our own mock draft, but um, – 
if he's there at 26, you have to take him. It, it, there's just no no other way to, to stack it. While I don't love the fit necessarily, because I do think I would love an, an offense where you can put him in space and, and allow him to work and, and get manufactured touches, I, 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 just a receiver room with Robert Woods, A.J. Brown, Traylon Burks, that, that's a pretty good – Good one. Even with Ryan Tannehill still there and, and tied to him until 2023, if you're looking for a quarterback next year for the Titans, I I would be inclined to say that they're in a good wait. position. Yeah, you you wait for if you're the Titans, you wait until next year, I believe. Uh, especially with what we could see with next year's quarterback class outside of Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Um, but I, I'm with you here with the Titans here at 26. But I, I was trying to persuade you a little bit to trying to get your guy Jahan Dotson you know I mean hey Jahan Dotson is he the best receiver in this class Devin you know he might be I'm I know you're you're want to kill me right now but it's fine it's fine but here with Tampa Bay um they do need a receiver um I mean they brought back Chris Godwin um they have Mike Evans um Tom Brady is back um, they do need a corner. They need interior offensive line help. Um, they brought back Ryan Jensen. So I don't know if center is really going to be a big need here. Um, could they reach for someone like Sean Ryan or Tyler Smith? Um, that's a possibility, but I don't think they do that here. Um, they could absolutely go running back. Um, they br- did bring back Leonard Fournette, but – I think Brees Hall ends up being the only running back taken in this draft or in this first round um, at least. So I'm not going to go receiver. I'm not going to go corner. I'm not going to go interior offensive line. We're taking Kenny Pickett here at 27. So my reasoning behind this is because, you know, Brady's got one year left, more than likely. Um I would assume he comes back, ends up playing very well again um, under Todd Bowles. Um, a lot's changed since we last did an episode, man. I mean, Bruce Arians is now in the front office. Todd Bowles is now the head coach. A lot has changed, but I do think they need some. They they need a quarterback behind Brady where they can go ahead and ease the transition and with Kenny Pickett. Um, and I, I, I do like Kenny Pickett. I have started to really get into his film, his final eval. Um, he, he's very, he is accurate on all three levels of the field. You can see that he can be a very talented player in this league. Um, there's, he does have some limitations. Um, there are the hand size concerns, um, you know, with fumbles and all that, um, but he'll be in a warmer environment. He'll be um, he'll be behind the greatest quarterback of all time, developing behind him. And then in 2023, when we should expect Tom Brady to actually retire for good, um, I think Pickett would be then transitioned very easily into um, the Buccaneers offense with Mike Evans, with Chris Godwin. Um, and, you know, they could develop. They could trust that Gronk ends up coming back again for 2023, but I doubt that. Um, and also, Gronk. We don't even know if Gronk's going to be with Tampa Bay this season, but 
it should be expected um, at this point with Brady returning. But yeah, I'm going Kenny Pickett here at 27. Yeah, certainly a surprising pick. Uh, I think for the Bucks. I mean, you know, I, I I don't completely hate the pick. I just think based on what they've or what they're what they're planning to do going forward. I mean, I understand you got to look towards the future and, and secure a quarterback, but also you need to stack up on the weapons you can to to maximize this this window you have with Tom Brady. But we'll see what happens. I mean, they still have. Uh, Chris Godwin coming back, uh, obviously Mike Evans. Um, you know, I, I think it, it's going to be interesting to, to see what happens. But but I, I'm uh, I'm surprised that that the the pick here is quarterback for for the Bucks. Now you have Green Bay here at 28, Devin. Um, edge is still a possibility. Offensive tackle, um, interior defensive line. Um, there are options here. I mean, Perion Winfrey is a potential option at edge. Um, Oye Mafi. Um, I don't know if David Ajabo will be a first round pick or he, he, w- he probably would be a late first round pick at best at this point. Um, so what do you want to do here with Green Bay with, um, with the 28th pick? Um, you already took a receiver. Do you double up at wide receiver? Um, what what would you do here? I mean, you could, and, and I know a lot of people like Christian Watson out of out of uh, North Dakota State. I don't think he's a pick here. I think they're 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 trying to get faster and younger at, at premium positions. So why not go out and get a boy Boye Mafe? I think he's one of the high ceiling guys in in this class where. He doesn't have it all together yet, but the athletic testing, the athletic ability is is there. And I think with Green Bay, you want to get pass rusher in. They they lost um, one of their pass rushers to free agency to the Vikings, and you, you need some some premium pass rushers to to be brought in. So I think Boye Mafia is a pick here for the Green Bay Packers, and and I think they they get a, a player that you can take some time to develop. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers has. Uh, at least a few more years uh, to go. So you want to continue to build up that defense. All right. We have, including this pick with Kansas City, we have four picks remaining. Kansas City has back-to-back picks here at 29 and 30. Um, They recently traded Tyreek Hill um, to the Miami Dolphins, and they do have the Miami Dolphins um, pick here at 29. Um. They, they do need a receiver, even though they signed Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um, but I do think they need to continue to add more weapons around Patrick Mahomes, even though it, it may not be a true, like, big-time wide receiver. There have been rumors that Kansas City is looking for another top-tier receiver in the trade market, but I doubt that ends up happening. Um, we could maybe see OBJ signing um, once he comes back at some point this coming season. We could also see maybe Julio Jones coming to uh, Kansas City. But here at 29, I'm going to go with Jahan Dotson. And I, I think they, you know, they have their deep wet, their deep threat wide receiver uh, with Miko Harmon. He'll take over that Tyreek Hill role. Um, and I, I'm expecting a big year from. Um, uh, Miko Harmon, 
Um, but they also need depth at wide receiver and also maybe a potential receiver too, um, or maybe a number one receiver. Could Jahan Dotson be that number one guy? I don't know, but he could be a very reliable number two receiver with good route running skills, good athleticism, um, and really nice run after after the catch ability. Um, I, I have concerns with him in terms of his ability to be physical press man coverage. Um, and he, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he, he has shown the ability to really flash and be a potential good receiver in this league. And you putting him with Patrick Mahomes could end up leveling his play big time um, at the next level. Yeah, the the pick makes sense. I mean, they the Chiefs need a receiver uh, it, from this draft class, and there's a good chance they trade up to get one, especially for a Jameson Williams or Garrett Wilson. If you were to fall, uh, Chris Olave certainly is a receiver. I bet they would be willing to take. But you know, uh, Dotson is is really uh, emerged as a uh, you know a, a top fifty pick in this class, and he fills a need for the Chiefs. Uh, now Chiefs are back on the clock, obviously. I think the the most popular pick I've seen probably for the Chiefs has been certainly them getting David Ajabo. But there's a reason why I don't think he should go to the Chiefs in this for this reason only. The Chiefs need players that can impact the game now. Yeah. You know, and there we don't know how open their window is. I mean, the AFC is continuing continually getting stacked uh, by the day at this point. So the AFC West is no longer a shoe in for them. They have competition along and in, in, in alone in the AFC West, and let alone the rest of the AFC. That now the uh, AFC North is getting extremely competitive. Um, you know, the the AFC East is getting more and more competitive. I mean. Even within their own division, the Broncos has made, have made huge upgrades. The Chargers are continuing to make huge upgrades. I mean, even the Raiders are, are getting uh, high-profile guys like Chandler Jones. So, to me, I think the pick here is Trent McDuffie. I think he fits like the need for that defense because he has upside in man coverage, but that defense loves to play zone coverage. They love to play zone coverage. And that's what, what McDuffie specializes in. He is a guy that can immediately be and with his smart football IQ, uh, his ability to uh, make plays in the run game. I think he's going to give an immediate upgrade to the cornerback room that doesn't have Daniel Sorensen, neither Tyron Matthew right now. So safety is obviously going to be something they dip into, uh, you know, and I could have went Daxon Hill here as well uh, for the Chiefs, but I think McDuffie is uh, the best corner right now on the board alongside Kyrie Elam, I just think the scheme fit didn't match for for Kyle and Kyrie Elam we picked here for the Chiefs, but I like Trent McDuffie here. We we are now one pick away from being complete with this mock draft. Right now, we have the Cincinnati Bengals here at thirty one um, Super Bowl runner ups um, and AFC champions, and a very um, incredible season for the Cincinnati Bengals, one of the best seasons um, in the franchise's history. Um, offensive line is definitely neat, and Tyler Linderbaum is still on the board. Um, did didn't they sign a center during free agency? I'm I'm trying to remember if they did or not. Do you know if they did? 
Um, I know they signed Lyle, Lyle Collins. Yeah. I know that for sure. Um, they also signed someone else. I feel like it was a center. Was it Connor McGovern? Yeah, it, it was uh, Ted Karras. Okay. Ted Karras, I believe. Okay. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't feel like like what Alex Kappa. Okay. I think that's who you're thinking about. Okay. Um yeah, so Tyler Linderbaum is still on the board here. He's still he on my board, he is my he's tied for the highest ranked um offensive player on my board, highest rated player on my board. Um I, I don't think them signing a center really should keep them from drafting another one. I, I think depth is incredibly important uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, they they had one of the worst offensive lines last year and still got to the Super Bowl. Um, I was thinking, you know, if Linderbaum wasn't here, I almost went with Sean Ryan um, as an offensive tackle. Um but again, it would have been another short-armed left tackle. Um, it would have been competition for, um, for trying to think of the name Jonah Williams. Um, but I, I, I'm going to go with Tyler Linderbaum here. Um, I think he does fit what Cincinnati likes to do on offense, especially in the run game. Um, and he's the best player on the board. And I think at this point, you know, I could see Cincinnati trading back, but usually um, Cincinnati's not known for trading back. So I think they they stay tight or they sit tight here at 31 um, and take the best player on the board in Tyler Linderbaum. So, Devin, you have the last pick in um, the in this mock draft. What are you going to do here? You're going to take Daxton Hill here at 32? Are you going to go with a quarterback, maybe Matt Corral or Sam Howell? Are you going to go with another wide receiver here? I mean, there's still plenty of options here with the Detroit Lions here at 32. Um, And they they really can't go wrong here at 32. I mean, they could always trade out of this spot too. So what do you think happens here for the Detroit Lions here at 32? Well, I think you got to go safety here. I think it, it's it's pretty obvious that the safety position needs an upgrade, and uh, you, you get your edge um, in, in with your first pick with Aiden Hutchinson. Why not dip into that Michigan program again and get Daxon Hill? I think it mm-hmm. just makes sense with what they what they're planning to do. I I, I did strongly consider Lewis Seen as well. I think he's a, a bit of an underrated safety in this class, and his stock is continuing to rise, but. When you look at what uh, they were able to do, um, you know, with, uh, you know, getting getting Hutchinson, uh, you you're, you want to get guys that can come in and play immediately. Daxon Hill it can can be a plug and play player. You can play him at nickel. You can play him at safety. Uh, kind of whatever you want to do. I think he, he's going to be an immediate contributor. And and while the offense still has a ways to go, obviously they're under Jared Goff in a receiver position. Uh, is being held down right now by Monroe St. Brown. I think they they certainly can upgrade. Um, I think they're going to be able to get some some more value in, in, in over rounds two and three. This is a deep receiver class. You're going to find more uh, future starters in, in this class. I mean, I could even want Christian Watson there if I wanted to. 
But but I think Daxton Hill just makes sense. He's the best player available on the board, and it just makes sense for what they're what they're trying to do. So that completes our mock draft, folks. Um, first overall pick was Kayvon Zibido. Um, Aiden Hutchinson went two. Kyle Hamilton three. Ikeem Iguanu four. Evan Neal five to the Giants. Malik Willis six to the Carolina Panthers. Ahmad Gardner to the Giants. At seven, Trayvon Walker, eight, Derek Stingley, nine, Garrett Wilson, 10, Jamison Williams at 11, um, Andrew Booth at 12, Jermaine Johnson at 13, Jordan Davis at 14, Drake London at 15, Kenyon Green at 16, Charles Cross at 17, back-to-back offensive tackles here at 17 and 18 with Trevor Penning going to the Saints at 18, um, um, Tariq Woolen, Cornerback from UT, UTSA going here at 19 to the Philadelphia Eagles and one of the big reaches um, of the mock draft. Um, Steelers go with Zion Johnson at 20. Patriots go with Devin Lloyd at 21, 22. The Packers take Chris Mave. 23, the Arizona Cardinals take George Karloftis. Cowboys take Devontae Wyatt at 24. The Bills go with a running back at um, at 25 with Brees Hall, 26, the Titans take Traylon Burks, um, 27, the Buccaneers take Kenny Pickett. So only two quarterbacks being drafted in our mock draft uh, for this podcast. Um, 28, Green Bay Packers taking Boye Mafe um, out of Minnesota. Kansas City with their back-to-back first-round picks taking Jahan Dotson, Trent McDuffie. And then Cincinnati taking Linderbaum at 31 with Daxon Hill being the last pick in the first round. So that is the end of the mock draft. Probably we'll, we'll more than likely have another one um, at some point before the draft. Um, I'm expecting, you know, maybe one more. Maybe we can do a full round mock draft um, again, or maybe we can do something unique with um, our next mock draft, but we will have another mock draft, but going forward, we'll be covering draft prospects and um, a little bit of some NFL news. If there is any, Um, we'll be talking about different stuff throughout the draft cycle um, as we get closer to draft day, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We'll be back next week on Wednesdays and Fridays. Peace.